today on The Breakdown. When is winning $458,000 just not that great? Well, it's when you're in a 100K buy-in, there's six players left, you've already locked up that 458, and there's still $2.4 million to win. This is one hell of a final table. This is a World Series event from 2019. And listen to this. We have Keith Tilston, Dan Negreanu, Nick Shulman, Igor Kurganov, Dominic Nitschke, and Brandon Adams. These are the six players left in this event. I mean, come on. This is bananas, people. And we're going to see Dominic Nitschke make some decisions that are, at a minimum, unusual and surprising. Are they good? I am not sure as of now. We're also going to see another player, Keith Tilston, make some interesting and surprising decisions as well. I'm not sure if those are good either. These guys are playing 100K. There's a huge amount of money to win. Let's get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. This is one of those hands where if we're in one of our moods, one of our poker guys podcasting yeah. moods, we could spend... 40 minutes on preflop, on one preflop mm. action, trying to figure out exactly what's happening because it is an odd thing that I don't believe I've ever seen a good player do before. And it's done by a clearly good player in a clearly good field. I'm going to push back a little bit. I can think of one example of a good player doing what I think you're about to say, but we'll, we'll get into it and we'll see, you know, so I'm going to guess I can debunk that example through something. Like okay. I'm going to guess there's something different about it. You might be right. We'll I mean, there are, there are some things at least a little different about it, but I would guess... Well, we'll see. We'll see. I can think of something that at least has some parallels, some clear parallels. Um, yeah, this is interesting, man. I mean, it's, it's, they're playing for a World Series bracelet. This is back when, you know, people played World Series events in person. Remember those days? It was crazy. It was the, it was the last series of time that people did that, 2019. Indeed. Event 83, the high roller event. Everyone's a big name. Vogelsang, by the way, finishes eighth in this event as well. Uh, for 281k, he's the—I guess not the bubble boy. He's the min cash boy. Um, it's just like murderer after murderer. You know, it's like you got Ted Bundy and you think you're cool, and then it's Al Capone, and you think you made it out, and it's freaking Jason. You know, that's interesting. You went with three very different types of murderers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you went with like serial killer who does it due to some sort of pathology, to gangster who. Mostly doesn't do it himself, if at all, and does it out of business sense I mean, of some sort. The baseball bat, though? But the baseball bat, he did that himself. And, you know, there's something to intimidation in the mafia world. Okay. Yeah. You understand? He killed a lot of people with a baseball. Killed that one guy with a baseball bat. But anyway, in the movie. Are you sure you're not thinking of that the end of Casino? No, I'm thinking about the, the beginning of The Untouchables. By the way, Robert De Niro in I've, both movies. I haven't seen The Untouchables. It's not worth seeing. It's only okay. But that is like the, one of the all-time famous scenes from it, for sure. And he... Is it anywhere near as good as the baseball bat scene in Casino? You mean with, they, with Joe Pesci and his like younger brother, that scene? Yeah. Oh, my God. That scene is so intense. No, of course it's not as good as that. And there's nothing in The Untouchables that's as good as anything in Casino. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Untouchables <laughs> is a perfectly fine movie written by David Mamet and is like one of his... Uh, Things Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, the recently departed Sean Connery, and, and uh, Robert De Niro as Al Capone. 
It's fine. Andy Garcia, actually, in a, a star-making turn for him. So kind of what made him, mm-hmm. that movie. Um, but still, it's just a fine movie at best. Like, it's just whatever. And, like, Casino's an all-time great. So there. Oh, yeah. But back so, to... Uh, back to uh, who was the third person that I said? Oh, uh, Jason. Oh, Freddie. <laughs> Jason. Oh, Jason. Jason. No, Freddie was the fourth one. I just didn't get to him. All right. I have, an, I have a really important question for you. I'm ready. Which, which famous poker player... <laughs> Would you be most surprised to learn was the head of an organized crime organization? Wow. Um, Jennifer Harmon comes to mind. Uh, she wore a leather jacket a lot. I don't know. That's she has a little suspicious. bit of a look uh, of a killer. Uh, most so- there was that guy from the World Series in like 2011 who had a nice deep run. I've actually played with him. I don't know his name, though. He's not very famous. It's not a good example. That's How about Darwin Moon? I'm not going to count that. How about Darwin Moon? I don't know if he counts as a famous poker player. He yeah. had a famous poker tournament. That's fair. You know? That's fair. Uh, I wouldn't expect Dan Negreanu with his, like, hey, blah, 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 would be ever, yeah, ever in charge be, of anything. He can't be last, he can't be last on that list. There's got to be somebody less likely. Yeah. Or more surprising. I, mean, I think Jennifer's more surprising than Negreanu, but I think they're kind of close. Uh who else is like famous but like known for Phil being Phil Locke? I mean Phil Locke is a is a wacky dude who absolutely could be like you the know the head of an organized crime giving unhinged orders <laughs> to to dudes in suits. I mean not, I mean Antonio more so obviously than Phil but you know. Yeah. Uh It's hard to come up with someone off the top of my head. What do you got? They all Phil seem Locke. like they're definitely part of organized crime, all of them. Um, I wonder. I wonder if that's just a wacky coincidence. Oh snap! <laughs> oh, uh, I would be surprised if Christoph Vogelsang was the head of an organized crime organization. Really? He's like earlier. the bad guy in a bunch of movies. The like brainy bad guy. I guess like guy. in a Bond movie where he's like yeah. that smart analytical bad guy. No, Mister Bond. I expect you to die. Come on, I can totally see Vogelsang saying that. All right, all right, all right. Fine. It's hard. I guess Fedor kind of Fedor kind of fits into that same mold. Maybe Kelly Minken. I'd be really surprised if Kelly Minken no, was. No, no, I could definitely see her being the head of something. And just you know like, what it is? It's old school Kelly Minken. No way. New school Kelly Minken. Yes, she could be the head of a like old school. Like before she like when she was not a pro or anything close to it. You know, she was just like had her moment on TV in the World Series that year. Yeah. Um, that Kelly Minken. There's no way. But now Kelly Minken absolutely is like. Yeah, now she's like a, a dangerous, potentially dangerous type. <laughs> you know, she like. Takes it all very seriously now. I am having trouble figuring out who is the the would be the most surprising. Like my yeah. brain went to a couple of people, and I, then I thought, like, no, that would be like a really great cast as like the one you wouldn't expect is the head. But then you once you see how like chill, like I could see Barry Greenstein being like the oh, unassuming yeah. head of an organized. Crime no doubt about situation. it. It's basically, I mean, all these guys' job is to like deceive for a living. So it's really tough to come up with someone who wouldn't <laughs> be good at crime, you know, and like running a crime organization or make sense as a head of a crime organization. They're all like stone cold and lie. Like that's their job. So really tough. Yeah, I suppose. John that's, Hesp. Yeah, Although right. He that, that, he, that, In the same way that Darwin Moon doesn't count, he doesn't count. Exactly. Exactly. John Hesp, absolutely. Although even John Hesp, I could see it's revealed he's the actual the bad guy behind it all. Oh, I got one. I think I think I got one. Okay. Dan Zack. I mean a little, but he's so brainy though that, you know, he 
The brainy stuff, it's sort of like a Vogel saying thing again a little bit. It's not quite, though. It's a little different. A little bit different, but just because he isn't German, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. Uh, it's tough. This is a super tough one. Um, Israeli Ron. <laughs> no, I don't see that guy. That really guy could totally be running. About him. He could definitely be running a, a crime syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's assume that none of the players that we're going to talk about today are. Um, sure. Why maybe not? Brian, maybe Brian Sika is Brian Sika, the suggester of his, of this hand. Let us know if you are the head of an organized crime syndicate. That would be interesting to know, Brian, but thank you for suggesting the hand. Brian, of course, suggested on Twitter. This is a hand from poker go. So he could not include a YouTube link, but anything that's on YouTube is that's the best way to get us. The hand on Twitter is via a YouTube link with a timestamp on poker go. They don't let you uh, like embed the time. So you have to tell us what time it is on poker go and we'll find it we will do poker go hands but they will be podcast only because of poker go's famous litigiousness yeah or whatever you want to call it um so no videos coming out this is a world series hand of course so poker go owns all that shit now uh and this is just a weird one man it's a weird one yeah it's weird from jump as the kids like to say do they like to say that by the way it's weird from jump it's jump from weird, if you think about it. I'd like to jump from weird sometimes. What would that, you jump? I can see that being like the marketing campaign for something something annoying. Mountain Dew. Clearly. Jump from weird. Yeah. You jump into something else from weird. From weird to, you know, weird. cool. Jump from weird to sexy. Jump from weird to, you know, muscular. I don't know. Jump from weird to muscular. <laughs> Mountain Dew, do the Dew, because you'll get muscular if you drink soda. <laughs> you know, I mean, if if you only drink soda and work out, you will be very hungry, but you will get muscular for a little while before you perish. Um, it depends on how much soda you drink. I mean, you'll yeah, die, but you may you may die fat, not thin. I don't know. Would you get? Would you become significantly more? heavy if you drank only soda and didn't eat anything would that actually gain weight on your body i don't feel like it would i mean what you're the, there's so many calories in soda you'd be putting you'd be you could easily do like six thousand calories a day if you only drank soda how would you not gain weight i'm gonna look up calories in mountain dew because this is a poker podcast <laughs> sure thing there's 170 calories in a can of mountain dew how many are in like the one of the big things though because like, there are people okay. who drink like a bunch of those big things every day, you know? So by big things, how many ounces are you saying it is? I'm saying it's... Aren't those like a gallon or two gallons or something like that? I don't really know. I don't... Uh, two gallons? They don't sell it by the <laughs> gallon? What are you talking about? How about one gallon? Like, they might sell one gallon. No. Those, what are those really big ones? You know a gallon is 128 ounces, right? Yeah. What's and your point? And a can of soda 16. is 12 ounces. Isn't it 16? No, it is 12. Yeah. It's gotten smaller. Maybe. Um, okay. So those really big things, you don't think have 10, 10 sodas in them? 10 cans of soda in them? No. What size things are you thinking of? That's, that's a... The, when you go to the grocery store and they're like Coca-Cola and it's really big and they have them all... And oh, you the mean like the two ones. liter bottles? Yeah, yeah. Two that's liter what bottle? I mean. Yeah. How much, how much is in it? Nobody drinks out of those. What are you talking about out of those? You don't think people buy those and drink from there? Like you don't put them in... Like what are you talking okay, about? Okay, there's... There are six 12 ounce servings in a two-liter bottle. 
That's it. Yeah. Huh. Really? God, that's crazy. Okay, so there are people who absolutely will go through like three two-liter bottles a day of soda. Okay, so that ends up being like 3,000 calories. Okay. Well, that's enough to, to slowly make you fat, not not. No, quickly. it is not. Not if you're also working out, like I said. No one's going to be working out if they're only drinking soda. They're not going to be able to just, do it. I, I didn't say it was going to be easy. <laughs> I knew they were going to be hungry. They're going to die, but they're not going to die thin. They're going to die because their heart's going to stop working because it will have nothing to do, no, no way to connect to anything else. The nutrition. It's actually interesting. To, we could place bets on what they would die from. It's hard to know. But I, I would bet that they would die muscular. <laughs> <laughs> if we took... I mean, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but <laughs> if we took someone who's like a famously overweight person these days, like, I don't know uh, anymore, uh, Chris Farley, before he, was, okay, before he so died. Before, before he died, sure. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, all right, Chris Farley, work out and drink soda. And that's it all day. First of all, he drank a lot more than three of those, almost certainly, but whatever. Um, you think he would? You think he would lose enough weight and get muscular enough that we could say he died muscular before he died? I don't think there's a chance. First of all, he died in the first no, three days. No, but I wasn't expect. I wasn't trying to start from the place of an extremely overweight person. Yeah. I was trying to start from the place of like a, like somebody who was within the like below the overweight BMI. Mm-hmm. You know, and okay, who may not be in great shape, but they're like not far from great shape. If they worked right. for a month, they would be in good shape. Type right. of thing. I'm not sure what happens. It gets really weird. It gets weird. Also, I, I, I was saying three of those. I think there's some people who drink a lot more than three of those. Like those people are all so that's the, very, very fat. That would be the equivalent. I mean, there are some people who do that, but three of those is the equivalent of 18 cans of soda. I don't think many people drink that much soda. I agree. Not many. But I think there are power, power users who will go through like, who just all they do all day basically is drink that while they're doing anything they're doing. They just constantly drink it, right? I'm going to, you know what? I want to look this up. How many cans... <laughs> I don't this even know how to Google stuff. this. Soda per day, power drinker. <laughs> this isn't going to work. There's no one's going to no one's going to be able to answer. You just this wrote question. power drinker. Like, how yeah. is that going to help? How how do I ask the question? How many cans of soda per day? I don't think this day? is something that I don't think this is Googleable. Maximum. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> I will. I will agree with you on this that that some people's caloric intake is. Like shocking beyond belief that you would not expect. Like, uh, I had a friend in college who his father was a doctor, and his doctor father had this patient that was like famously known by all of the doctors who knew this guy for every morning, uh, eating an entire dozen eggs, a whole pallet of bacon, and uh, drinking an entire bottle of Jack Daniels, a mm. fifth of Jack Daniels every morning for breakfast. So, so people can consume at rates that you wouldn't expect. That yes. guy, of course, did not make it very long. But Yeah, there are some people who will make it, too. You're right. I mean, there are people who can absolutely eat worse because their bodies are just built differently. By the way, speaking of power drinkers, and me trying to, I wrote how many cans of soda per day maximum, and the first thing that comes up is what the maximum amount of Diet Coke you should drink each day. And part of that first paragraph is, in Mar- on March 25th, 2020, the Washington Post reported that Donald Trump drinks 12 cans of Diet Coke a day. Well, that is still 33% less than 18, which is three of those two-liter bottles. Um, I understand that, but I'm just saying that's a lot. <laughs> like, Seems that's like a lot. lot of soda. Now, that's not a lot of calories, but it's a lot of soda. 
And it will kill you. I have to believe over time. Anyway. Anyway. Maybe get to the poker. Since we've just pretty common discussion that we have every once in a while about if you didn't, if you wanted to get muscular by drinking only soda and what would kill you first. <laughs> it's just about normal stuff. So weird. So yeah, let's get to the hand. Six Great. remain. Current payout is 458,000. Of course, the buy-in was 100,000. So still a pretty nice score, but doesn't feel as good as if it was a 10K or a 5K or something. Uh, first yeah. is 2.8 million. That's a pretty hefty score. This must have been a relatively big 100K. Most 100Ks don't get a first prize quite that big. There were 99 players in it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense that the World Series could field that because all of the players are already there and everything. Um, and I'm sure they had a lot of satellites going on. Actually, I know they had a of lot course. of satellites going on because uh, I was there. So we're going to start with Dominic Nitschke. He's on the button. How do, how do we say his name? I, I always mess up his last name. I, I always want to say it like the philosopher Nietzsche, but it's I not I always want to say it's uh, Nitschke, Nitschke, but I don't know. I don't know for sure, honestly. He's German. I don't know. He seems like a nice guy. He's tweeted, you know, he had a funny tweet about when we did one of his hands once when he folded a straight on a flushy paired, no, on a flushy board, a, a flush came in on the river and he got check raised all in by a guy with a set and he folded it and it was in a big Premier League spot. I still remember that. And, and we, like, we broke it down, and he tweeted, like, thanks for bringing up, like, one of the worst moments of my life. In a fun way. He wasn't upset about it, you know. So, so I think it's Nitschke, but a boy, am I making that up. <laughs> we can just call Let's him call Dom him or Dominic. Dominic. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we're going to go with Dominic, because we don't know if he likes his name abbreviated, as you should know, John. So, yeah. Dominic, on the button, is the short stack in the tournament with... 15 big blinds. He's got 6 million chips at the 400K big blind level. And this is the, the part of the preflop that we could talk about for a very long time if we decide to. And who knows? We might. He's got two red queens. Again, 15 blinds. Again, he is the short stack in the tournament. He limps the button didn't you? with two red queens. First of all, didn't you tell me before we started that he had 16 blinds, not 15 blinds? I did, but that's because I was looking uh, at the uh, the stacks after he had limped, and I thought they adjusted, but they didn't. They just okay. kept with the stacks. Cool, from cool, cool. Okay, so he limps two red queens with 15 blinds. All right. On the button. Yeah. All right, so, so what is the example you have that you think is similar to this? Oh, right. Um, this wasn't on the button. It was for less blinds, but Sam Green with limping ace queen of diamonds with 11 blinds. Uh, at the final table that mm. time is at least somewhere that in the same. That is about as, as about as close as you can get. I agree yeah. with that. It, but that one, of course, is maybe the hand we figured out the least what Greenwood was thinking at any point because he also played the flop very strange. Oh, we never figured out what the hell was going on with that hand. That was yeah. like, what is Sam Greenwood doing? I actually think I have some reasonable guesses to what Dominic's doing. Okay. So, so uh, let's hear him then. Okay. So... If you're Dominic and you've got your 15 blinds on the button, you have, you're aware that you're just not ever going to open raise to like anything less than all in, first of all, right? Like you're just shoving because if you have two sevens, you're not going to make it 2.1x. So as a way to take, and you know, if you have king 10, you're not going to make it two, you know, or whatever, ace, ace 10, you're not, you don't want to make it 2.1x or ace seven. Like you either want to shove or fold mostly um, for any, if you're going to raise. Um, so okay. that's part one. Um, part two is Dominic is aware with his stack and all that, that he doesn't always want to have to shove, but he will want to play some hands on the button, even with the stack size this small. So he's going to limp some hands too, but he's got no in-between sizing. He's either got limps or he's got shoves. Um, 
is my guess. And so he could certainly shove this hand and it's part of balancing his shoving range and that's fine. But then limping this hand is part of balancing his limping range and that's okay too, right? And this also is a way to get more value with some of his really strong hands is limping them more of the time or some of the time. Um, but if he's never got a 2.2x here with queens because he's only got 15 blinds and there's, everyone's going to look at him like, oh, he's obviously got aces because he just didn't, didn't shove and raise. Like he always has it. Like he's always shoving anything he's, anything he's raising normally. Then like this is, this is the only way to try and get – not the only way. This is one of the ways to try and get value, and it balances the limping range. I just came up all, with all of that right now. What do you think? I think it's okay. I think that's a good justification if mm-hmm. you can try to think of one. It feels like we're going to get shoved on by the blinds a lot more frequently if we open than if we limp, though, and that's a great result. We really want to get shoved on by the blinds with two queens and 15 blinds. I think you're wrong about that is what I'm saying. I think the blinds know that he's shoving his 15 blind stack if he's, if he's raising. So anytime he opens to any other amount, they're going to be hyper suspicious and not shove unless he now isn't shoving his 15 blind stack and he's 2.1 X is it. But basically they've been seeing him play his 15 blind stack and they know he always shoves it when he raises. So as soon as like, it's like I, I've certainly, you've been in these spots. I've been in these spots. Like when someone is at, this isn't exactly the same, but I think it plays the same here psychologically. You're on the, you're on the stone bubble of a tournament. A guy's got 11 blinds or 10 blinds, and they min-race. Like, what do they have? Well, they have an unbelievably strong range or they're clueless. Those are the only two answers, right? Like, usually, sure. they have, usually it's aces or kings. Um, once in a blue moon, they're completely clueless. But if you know they're not clueless, they always have it. Like, always. Always. Yeah, but think. this is a, an elite player against elite competition. You can't really right. apply that. I'm saying that he, well, he wouldn't do that, but I'm saying he's, this is exactly my point. He's never going to min raise because it's too easy to figure out. Like he just is shoving too much of his 15, he's shoving his, his, his 15 blind stack every time he wants to raise because most of his range wants him to do that. So he has to shove all of that range. So he's never going to okay, have so these I, min raises, my point. I have a couple holes to poke in. Okay. And if this is his strategy, I'm not sure you got his strategy right, but let's assume that you have some semblance of it. I'm just guessing for sure. Couple, couple holes to poke. Should yeah. we really be limping this much anyway on the button with 15 blinds? Is that a good idea? That's like, a really especially good when question. There's, there's no other short stacks to try to like wait out or anything. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, sure, maybe he's trying something new, trying to mess with the dials, but it can't be. It, it's like certainly okay to shove this hand, obviously. I think you should just shove it. I mean, as a normal standard play, this is just a shove, right? You like normally you yeah. don't get a call, and that's okay. This is how you you have to balance. You have to have strong hands too when you shove fifteen blinds. This is a good one to shove. So, um, yeah, I think it, I think that's the key question: is why do we want to limp anyway? Why are, why am I making this case for limping when we have fifteen blinds on the button? So, like, because you're saying for balance, so like you're saying he's going to limp seven eight suited and shit like that. Maybe not seven eight suited, but yeah, it gets weird. Like, what does he want to limp? Like, he's limping ace jack. He's limping nine ten suited. Why? Why is he doing? Like, he can shove all those hands. He can shove all those hands. Why? Why does he limp anything? Uh, I mean, he forces them to play with him when he limps. But by the way, he only has queens. It isn't like he has aces. Like, there are lots of bad flops and turns and rivers and stuff like that for a hand like queens anyway. You know, it's not by the way hyper strong. These are good players. They're not going to fold to a fifteen blind shove like crazy, like right. a lot of bad players will. Like, of course, Keith Tilson in the big blind is probably going to call with almost any ace, if not any ace, right? Well, a bunch of aces for sure. If he has ace eight, yeah. I think he has to call, right? Maybe yeah, all or the- if he has 
what if he has King Jack, you know, any right. pocket pair? Yep. Maybe not deuces, threes, fours. Maybe not, but like. Maybe, maybe not. Um, it depends on how many, how many chips does Tilson have to start the hand? He has 13 million. So that's a lot, right? Oh, no, not that much. Well, it's, ne- it's, it's like 35 lines or something. Okay. Yeah. So not, so not a huge amount. But I think you're right. I think he's, if he has king, queen, he's going to feel obligated to call. He's probably going to call with almost every ace, if not every ace. Because if he's calling with king, queen, he's probably supposed to call with every ace too, right? Although he's, he can be dominating more of the time with king, queen, but he's yeah. ahead more of the time with, eight, with every ace. Um, which if he's calling with king, queen, he's probably at least strongly considering calling with king, jack. Um, he's probably calling with king, jack. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He's calling, like, between these two guys, there's a bunch of calls here anyway. Why not just shove? Seems fine. Yeah, okay. there's nothing but, to protect. But Dominic decided not to do that. So let's try and come up with a reason why he's limping, because he's a good player. He's choosing to limp. So right. he must be deciding to limp with other hands, too. It can't just be this hand, right? Because that would be, he's not, he knows they'll see through that if he, like, suddenly limps out of nowhere one time. He must be limping the button I mean, sometimes. The, we didn't see this whole final table. Maybe he has a holistic limping strategy that he's like, these guys are like, this is a, one of the toughest tournaments I'm ever going to play. I need to do something different than the norm to try to mess with these guys. Yeah. Like, could be part of a big strategy. I mean, could it be something as dumb as normally you would limp the button or people used to limp the button if someone else in the blinds, if someone had like a 15 blind stack in the blinds, so the button would limp because they didn't want to get shoved on and encourage the shove, and it's much harder, although now I th- we, we sort of think now the blinds are going to shove their 15-blind stack anyway. They just don't care, right? Yeah. But in the old days, they would, that would throw everyone off for a while. Is it possible he is play- he's limping hands like King-9 suited uh, and just a whole bunch of stuff because he thinks like he can just, he's just better than these guys and can outplay them. He gets to be on the button, and it's a way to win small pots pretty effectively. Is it possible that's going on? I don't think Dominic is, has enough hubris to assume that he has this huge edge over these types of players he doesn't have to believe he that he can just believe he's even with them because he's got the button and they've got kind of wide open ranges compared to his button limp that he's got na- a natural advantage he doesn't have to be think he's way better necessarily right okay I, that has to be outweighed by the fact that we're six-handed and there's a big blind ante and he only has 15 blinds to start the hand like the value of taking it down preflop isn't so bad, by the way. Yeah, knocking two and a half with blinds. his hand is is a slightly negative result, but you add two and a half blinds to your stack, that's huge. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I don't disagree with that. I think that's a really good point, and why I would be shoving this. But since he's deciding to limp, what other reason can you come up with than what I've said? Uh, one would be like, there's been limps at the table before by him or somebody else that he's seen either Kurganov or Tilston attack with frequency. And expects that they might do so. Seems like when you've got a 15 blind stack and you're limping, though, like unless he's limping a lot, it feels like you're just it's so obvious that you want action. You know, by the way, he does want action, right? He's got queens, but he does. That would at least make sense, I guess, if we if he just sees that. And maybe he's actually has limped the button a few times before and been attacked. And so he's like, I'm just going to this is a great hand to do it with since they, they do raise me sometimes in this spot. Right. I mean, haven't you ever been in a spot where you've been playing poker for a long time all day and like you just make a, a mental error and you think the small blind is the big blind? So maybe he thought the big blind was 200K and he meant to min raise. There's one. There's one. I highly doubt that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like of these possibilities, OK, it's possible if he's limping a lot and he sees these guys attacking that limp. Cool. Um, but 
for him to be limping a lot to see them for the, for him to see them attacking his button limps. I understand other people could be limping too, but his button limp is a little different at, at this stack size. He would have already had to yeah. been he would have already had to been button limping or effective or limping in late position with a short stack to know that they're going to be attacking even that, which means that's got to be part of a bigger strategy of limping around the stack uh, the stack size instead of just doing it because he thinks they're aggressive. It doesn't have to be that. Of course, it could still be what you said, but it feels like it's more likely to be this, right? That this is part of a decision he's made to limp at this stack size. It feels like to me. Do you disagree? No. Just trying to figure out why. Yeah. Because I, I can't see the value in it. At I mean, this I point. guess I, I guess he really just wants to play a bunch of hands on the button and doesn't want doesn't think fifteen blinds is enough to stop him. Is the best thing I can come up with. So he's like, if I had 10 blinds, sure. But 15 blinds, I still have a little bit of wiggle room. 10 and 15 blinds aren't that different anyway. Um, so it's okay to like lose a small pot here or there, like trying to do this. I mean, I'll give you, he could just min-raise the button and it would be easier. But now he's inflating the pot. And, and then also we go back to this, like, well, if I'm min-raising and not shoving, it gets weird. And, you know, um, they're going to be able to adjust that pretty quickly if I do that a few times, one direction or the other. So... That's the best thing to come up with is he wants to play king, king nine suited on the button and thinks it's okay and thinks it's profitable to do so. I mean, I guess that could be what it is. It's not like you get the opportunity to be in a spot like this that often in your life, though, even yeah. a really good player. So I don't think you should be trying to set up this like 15-year-long strategy. I think you should be trying to maximize value in this one spot. Yeah, sure. And you don't have that many buttons left where you're going to have this stack unless things somehow play out and that you like maintain an even stack against the blinds um, for the next hour or so. It doesn't feel like a, a necessary balance to create in such a high value spot. I mean, it's possible he just has an overarching strategy, though, of like when I get under 20 blinds, but more than 10. It folds to me on the button. There's a bunch of hands I want to limp with because I still think I can outplay. Maybe it's 13 plus between 13 and 20 or something like that. I feel like I have a clear edge. Um, even if it's just because of position, I've got a clear edge and ranges are a little different because I chose to come in and the blinds are, you know, much more, are going to be much wider. Um, I feel like I can take advantage of that. It often will only cost me one blind to be wrong anyway. Like I can just fold on the flop or I can check the flop. Like I don't have to bet the flop, even if they check to me. Um, and he just thinks like having a better range and position is worth it. And he's just decided he's going to do that. Like, so he's got less than 20 and more than 13 blinds. So he's limping this. Um, and there's a bunch of hands, some hands he's going to shove also, but there's some hands he's going to limp in, and then he's got to have some balance with the limp. So he has Queens in here. That's all I got, but still feels like to me, the most likely scenario. I mean, it does. It does. It's just odd. Yes. Just wildly odd, odd, odd play. It wouldn't occur to me to do this. <laughs> anyway he does yeah so dominic with his six million chips limps for 400k with two red queens on the button igor kurganov is in the small blind he gets to enter the pot with three deuces spades that's a sure. slightly negative outcome for dominic that three deuces spades gets in there for 200k you know that's a hand that can cause some trouble i mean you'll take it if you know if three deuces spades is putting money in and it's behind it's okay right that's gonna happen a lot sure Keith Tilston in the big blind, who has 13 million, checks 10-3 off. See? So some real real garbage hands against the queens here. There's a dead three, too. Like, they're dominating each other. It's like a great spot. Like, All we're so far ahead. Plan. 
all part of the plan. Just like part of our plan is to get you to sign up for nitrogen. And it's not just for us. It's for you. We care about you people. That's why there's a link in the description of this podcast. If you use that when you sign up for nitrogen sports, there is a poker tournament, Jonathan. It is the greatest iterated value in poker. There are 1,000 buy-ins guaranteed. They cap it at 300 players. If you do the math there, that means at least 700 buy-ins are going to be added to the prize pool by Nitrogen. That is insane value. You can only get access to that if you use the link in the description. It is the last Sunday of every month. Tell them more, Jonathan. They have sports betting. They have casino games. It's a Bitcoin-only poker site, which is kind of great for a few reasons. One is... They get your money in and out super fast. Get your money out in 90 minutes. It's unheard of in the industry. Two, especially in these days of volatility of crypto, and I think it's going to stay volatile for the next year or so, you're betting in Bitcoin. Everything stays in Bitcoin. If Bitcoin goes up or goes down, it doesn't hurt you. You put money in those other sites, they turn it into dollars. Bitcoin goes up. Even if you win, when you take it back out, they give it to you in Bitcoin again, you actually get screwed. Like you lose whatever percentage Bitcoin goes up, you lose that value on your money that you won. You can actually be a winning player and, and lose money doing it that way. Like it's hand, that doesn't happen on nitrogen. It's pretty cool. Like you're covered against all the Bitcoin volatility because everything stays in Bitcoin the whole way. That's a nice like extra added bonus. Yeah, I mean, if you're a crypto person for sure, yeah. that's an added bonus. A lot of these people are crypto people. Bitcoin, absolutely. Yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of people are crypto people. Not all, but a lot. Out there. Yeah, but even if you're not a crypto person, of course, it's still a good site. It's very easy to get Bitcoin, put it in there, get it out, turn it into money of any other type. Yes. Whatever you want to do, it's no problem. And uh, like Jonathan said, there is sports betting, there are casino games. It's nitrogen, it's an element on the periodic table, but it's also a poker and sports book. So you might be saying, how, how can I trust these guys? I would say, open up any science textbook and like, Find the periodic table chapter, and like there you go, it's right there in the textbook. Yeah, it's not lead. It's not lead. It's not PB, which stands for lead. It's like what? it's legit, you know. It's really yeah. PB is lead. Yeah. Well, what's what's peanut butter? LD. That makes no sense. Uh, peanut peanut butter is not going to be on the periodic table until twenty twenty three. There's been a petition, but you know the the gears of bureaucracy grind slowly. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Well. I'm looking forward to it when it does. I'll finally start buying peanut butter again once it's officially recognized on the periodic yeah. table. Because a lot Makes of the sense. elements are theoretical. But you know what isn't theoretical? A peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Or unobtainium. Definitely real. Yeah, you love referencing that, don't you? Because it's the dumbest thing ever. Okay, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We, we've got this limped pot with the very yeah. good hand of Dominic and the very bad hands of Kurganov and Tilston. Uh, Queens against Deuce 3 suited against 10-3 off. 1.6 million in the pot. Dominic is short. The flop is six of diamonds, six of hearts, nine of hearts. I wrote six of diamonds, six of diamonds, nine of hearts. That certainly is not possible. Mm. So we're going to go ahead and disregard that as a thought that could have happened. Let's see what it, make sure what it is. Yeah, six of hearts, six of diamonds, nine of hearts. Okay. Um, Two sixes, a little scary, but not the end of the world for Dominic. I mean... Here's the deal. Yeah. His opponents both check to him. Makes sense. They got none of this. Dominic checks too. Yeah. So I guess the easy answer as to why he's doing this is this is a board he's always going to check, and he has to do it with queens also. But 
Does it have to be a board he's always going to check? He didn't open. He limped. I don't really feel there's a good reason for him to check this. Uh, like, we can welcome aggression. There's four blinds in the pot. We have 15 left or 14 left at this point. It's fine. We're always we're happy to get it in right now. If we bet and get raised, we just go with it. If a guy has a six, that was the plan, right? The plan was so we know sometimes we're going to get cooler and screwed on certain flops when we limp the queens here, right? At this stack depth, we're never yeah. folding. That's it. So it just doesn't make any sense to me why we wouldn't be happy to get it in here and bet. Sorry, forget we're getting it. Just bet here. Deny equity. We can absolutely get value from hearts, from nines. If we bet small enough, maybe from gut shots. They may feel like they have to take aggressive stances against us too. Like if someone has seven, eight off here, they may just check raise us all in because they don't really want to fold, but they can't really call. And they know we're going to fold a lot. We're going to fold a lot of our range if we bet, right? But not this part. So I I agree. It's probably that Dominique is checking this board 100% of the time. But like you said, he's just a limper. He can have a six. He can have a nine. He can have nut flush draw hearts or just or good hearts with overs. He can probably have seven, eight, maybe even. Maybe he can have seven, eight suited. As we see, he can have over pairs. I just don't know why he wouldn't bet this one based on the actual situation, let alone um, forget about theory. Like, who cares about theory? Let's win the four blinds that are in the pot or, get, or charge people or get value or something. Now, I don't know that much about Keith Telston. I haven't watched him play that much. Is it possible he's just a hyper aggro who always takes shots when he gets the opportunity? Maybe Dominic's trying to capture that. Maybe, maybe that's true. That would be. A, I don't be see a, Kirk. I don't see Kirkenov that way. No, but maybe Tilston is that way. Okay, if Tilston's a, a maniac, checking here gives you a shot to potentially be all in by the river, and you just let him fire away twice. We have to have a pretty clear plan though, because. You know, heart. we have a heart in our hand, but like a heart could come and we can't really fold and a nine could come and we can't really fold. And if, if we think he's going to be bluffy, right, an ace or a king right. could come, we're just going to have to hold on pretty much against it, no matter what what comes, pretty much, right? Uh, most of the time, then, if, if we're doing it for that reason, for inducing, and it's Tilston doing it. Yeah. So as long as we yeah, have that as I the mean, plan, I guess that's okay. I, I, I'd also, bet, of course, though. we don't, we as the poker guys don't actually know if Keith Tilston is like that or not. So also if Tilston is like that, putting a little chum in the water isn't such a bad idea on this board, which is better, which is good for his range. And he might, if he's really aggressive, he might take all gut shots and attack with them or some really high percentage of them and yeah. attack. There's a bunch of gutters available here. He may take air and attack on a six, six, nine board thinking like, are you really limping with a six, any six in your hand with 15 blinds? I'm not sure you are, you know, uh, like, he could do all sorts of stuff if he wanted. So, I don't know. I feel like I want to put some chum in the water. It feels at this point like Dominic is getting a little too fancy. Yeah. This feels like a super fancy hand so far. So, anyway, he checks his queens. The turn okay. is the ten of hearts. It's another heart. The third heart comes. That's okay for Dominic. He does have the queen of hearts. Yeah. It's not ideal. No. Although you'd expect that at least some of the time, Kirkenov or Tilson would bet a heart draw on the flop because it was an non-aggressive pre-flop so anybody could really take the lead um tilston does make top pair with 10-3 off so that's pretty good and he's got two outs right he can only hit a 10 because the three is no good yep not so bad kurganov checks tilston's gonna bet i think that makes plenty of sense just mostly deny equity right sure maybe get value from a nine once in a while but yeah deny equity it's hard to imagine a nine in either of his opponent's hands as played, but I guess anything's possible. We know 
Dominic has Queens. Exactly. Um, so he bets 800K. Dominic calls. When I was watching this, I was almost expecting him to raise because everything's been so different up until now. That would have been a, a weird play. But calling, I think, is the only real play you can make here is Dominic, right? There's not much else you can do. Um, yeah, it seems weird to suddenly ship it now. Like, it's really hard to get called by a worse hand. And if we thought Tilston, if we checked to help partially at least induce from Tilston, maybe we should keep inducing. Like, why wouldn't we at this point, you know? Um, is he going to call with a 10 if we shove? I don't know. Maybe he will, because it's a third heart. So maybe he assumes we're shipping the ace of hearts sometimes. Um, we might fold out the, like, a good heart, which I guess is okay to do. Like if it's the king of hearts or something like that, it's not so bad to fold it out. But it seems like we're supposed if we the way we play this hand, we're supposed to call, right? Like, like we're just supposed to call. So. We can get value later if we need to. I think so. Unless we think that Tilston would have bet any six or heart draw on the flop, mm-hmm. then it depends on our view of Tilston. Then if if he's not this maniac, which we have not really, we haven't, we've kind of put in our heads that he's a maniac, but we have no reason to believe that. Correct. So. If he's not that guy, he has a lot of 10s in his range as played. And it might be hard for him to let those go if we race. So, yeah, that's a that's a bit of a parlay, though, to assume that he's not betting, that he is betting a six or hearts on the flop and that he would call off with a 10. That's what you have to have going on to make a raise profitable. Yeah, I, I think it's really close for him to call off with a 10. And one way you can think of, you, I can definitely think of hands he might think he's ahead of here, which is effectively like the king of hearts and some straight draws and stuff like that. But Dominic is going to raise a lot of hands that have the king of hearts in them also, right? That he then can shove the, he can shove the turn with, i.e. king, queen, and king jack. Um, queen jack, hands like that. He's mostly not going to limp those, I don't think, with 15 blinds. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's limping all those hands too. Maybe that's part of the bigger strategy. Who knows what he's limping? Yeah. We don't know. So if he's limping those hands, okay, then he can have like king, queen with a heart, Queen Jack with a heart um, pretty easily. And yeah. King Jack with a heart. And like those are all hands he would just probably shove on the turn. And we can call, call and be ahead with, with a 10 with one card to come. And that's fine. So do you think Dominic should consider essentially shoving? I mean, it's a big shove if he shoves, but, you know, raising to not fold. I mean, I would assume that Tilson's got a lot of one heart hands here when he picks up the third heart. And is betting because no one else has shown any strength. Like, like if Tilson has the king of hearts, he's betting the turn. Um, if he has the jack Probably. of hearts, he might bet the turn. Maybe. Um, he might bet with air. I don't know. Like, it feels like, there's, it feels like we make more chips over the long haul by calling here and calling river bets rather than shoving, is my belief. Even though we don't shut him out. Um, he's really wide. He doesn't have that many strong hands here. You know, he doesn't have like ace X very often. But he could right. have a 10, obviously. He could, he could have, have a 10, 10 in the deck. Yes, he could. Could he have a 9? Maybe he could have a 9. But the other thing is this. He might have 6s. He might have flushes. He might have straights, even. Straights are unlikely. But he could, he could definitely have a 6 and be betting here, too. And guess what? I mean, every time we're snapped, it's pretty much bad, right? Like, we're going to need him at least to yeah. think about it when we shove. And he does have some snaps here uh, with hearts and right. you know, just... a heart in her hand. I was positing that it's possible that those types of hands are less likely because of the flop check. I know. It's an unraised pot. Tilston might be betting seven, eight or hearts or a six on the flop. But he might also be checking all those to check shove all all of them, you know, like try and get one bet out of Dominic and then shove and let Dominic figure it out. So he's got his draws in there and his strong hands and it works out nicely, potentially. 
You keep saying shove. I feel like I feel like shoves are okay. generally too big based on the pot size and the effective stack. Fair enough, but he's effectively shoving at least, right? What if he yeah. if he puts a raise in, it's it's committing Dominic to to put any more chips in afterward, right? So you're right. It's it's Pretty probably much. not an actual shove, but then it might be a shove again, actually, to sort of like make it look more dry and look like you're going for max fold equity. But you're right. It's ultimately the same whether he makes it, you know. 3 million or he makes it 5.8 million or six. It's a, it's really, it plays the same though, as effectively a shove from Dominic's point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, calling is the normal course of action, but there might be some merit to raising depending yeah. on your view on Tilston and what he's checking and betting on the flop. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, if we're Tilston, we're thinking, what is Nietzsche actually shoving here? The Ace of Hearts, those like if he has if he can have the ace of hearts, which maybe you think he can't really have because you just assume he just shoved that on the on the we don't know we don't know about what's going on with this limping and how often it's happening on the button, so it's a little hard to know. King queen, you have to. I would have to ask myself, do I think any of these hands are possible that I can put them on, which are bluffs? It may be hard to come up with hands. It may not. I'm not sure. I just can't tell. You know. I just want to say there's a reason we're sticking to Dominic's first name, and you just did a great example of it, yeah. and that you just called him Nietzsche, and earlier in the podcast, you called him Nitschka, and those are very different names. So yeah. first name might be better to stick to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for To be clear, I'm referring to different people each time. Ah, ah a, different, a different guy with, that, with whatever last name I said. So they're different people. There's a lot of people okay. in the world. You just assume you know what I'm talking about. Even when I say Dominic, you don't know which... Do you know how many Dominics there are? It could be any of them. There's a lot. Dominic Toretto from The Fast and the Furious. You could be referring to him. I sometimes am. I think there's a... Dom- oh, Dominic Monaghan, who was in Lost. He was Charlie in Lost. Yeah, he was. Not Penny's Boat, you know? Not Penny's Boat. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> All right, so... Dominic calls, yeah. whichever Dominic is sitting in that seat, calls with two red queens, the half pot bet of 800K from Tilston with top pair on the 6 6 9 10 3 heart board. Dominic does have the queen of hearts in his hand. Tilston has no hearts. Kurganov has deuce three of spades. He, of course, folds. The pot is now 3.2 million. The river is the eight of spades. Yeah. Another card that Dominic is not super thrilled to see. Now any seven makes a straight. Not ideal. Mm. Here's a weird thing. Tilston bets again, bets 1.2 million. What is the design of this bet? Is he trying to get called by a worse hand or fold out a better hand? Because I don't know. It's well, here's the thing. It's hard for me to imagine a worse hand calling. Like we're trying to get called by a nine, right? What else is there? Ace high. I don't know. Okay, fine. Like there's just not much there. Ace high, the ace of hearts. I mean, I guess that didn't shove the turn. And didn't shove pre-flop, maybe? Okay. By the like way, a nine. A, nine that, a nine that didn't bet the flop. Yeah, but, but as we see, Dominic really isn't betting a flop with, with a top hair type hand here sometimes. Yeah, but you would expect him to, right? If you but, were maybe, but maybe Tilson actually wouldn't expect him to. Maybe Tilson understands, oh, maybe. has seen Dominic play and knows that Dom's checking this board or something like that. Like, that's possible. Because, listen, if you can't come up with even that, then we have to be bluffing, right? Because there's no value to be had. If we can't come up with any nines that Dom can ha- Dominic can have here, which I really, I agree with you. I would accept him to bet a nine mostly if I was Tilston. Um, how can we be betting for value? So then we're trying to get him to fold a better 10? Which just sounds kind of bananas to me. Like we think we'd be ahead enough of the time, right? We only bet two blinds on the turn. We can be called by hearts. We can be called by things that feel they have to bluff the river, you know? Yeah. 
Um, sorry, we can be called on the turn by things that feel like they have to bluff the river. But if we bet they have to fold, I don't understand. This, has, this feels like this has to be a bluff, but it's a weird bluff to try and make. Attend my, attend my hero us pretty easily. It's just one of those, it's just one of those spots where I, don't, I, I truly don't know what the intent is because I, I feel neither, like neither thing makes too much sense. Neither it's of hard, them makes too much sense. It's hard to imagine worse hands that could have gotten here this way, like a nine. You figure nine rarely gets here this way. Tens are probably going to feel like they have to call and actually be looking to gamble a little bit even because he's short enough that like gambling's not, it's not that bad to make a hero call with a 10. Um, all the tens are beating us pretty much that he's going to limp with, right? Yeah. So what the hell, man? Like, I don't understand. I don't think a bluff is going to work and I don't think a value bet's going to work. This feels like the exact wrong hand to bet with. If we had a nine, at least maybe we can fold out a 10, although I, I'm afraid a 10 is going to call. 10 is going to be like, he can have straight draws. More, more to the point, he can have a big heart. He can have a heart that missed, right? That's really what you'd be calling a bluff catch against is the missed heart. Yeah, maybe, maybe this bet is entirely designed to get called by a nine, like you initially said, where he bet pretty small, 1.2 into 3.2. He'd have to be under the assumption that Dominic is checking nines on the flop, which is... That's a stretch. You know, you have to really be sure about your read. And then yeah. you're trying to get called by only a nine because there's nothing else. And what nines? Like seven, nine made a straight. It's that, that's not good. I mean, eight, nine, I guess. Eight, nine is still losing all tens yeah. and better. Nine, ten, though, is now beating all tens. So yeah. nine, ten probably can't fold. Uh, jack, nine suited, maybe. Queen, nine suited. King, nine suited. Those are those are possible nines. I guess that he checked the flop with, but we have to believe he's really checking the flop with a nine a lot, like almost always for this to be a, even a possible bet to consider. Right. It can't that, be value. The other, side, the other side of that is that we have to expect that, which makes sense that, that Dominic is never betting a nine for value on the river. He's just going to check back. So we're trying to eke out a little extra yes. value from the nine. Right. But it's hard to also, I, I don't know. There, I'd be worried that a nine's going to call me anyway. Is a nine really going to hear me? You want me? a nine Maybe. to call you. What? You, you want a nine to call? You. I know. I'm saying I'm worried that it will call. It may fold. Oh. It's like, I, yeah. hey, look, look at me. I'm at the bottom of my distribution. Yay! This sucks. You know, with my with my shitty nine, with my nine in this spot. Maybe it heroes though because of some of the missed draws. But some of the draws come in. I don't know, man. Like, I I would be concerned about. I don't know if nines can be there. I'm not sure if they're all going to call, even if they are there. This feels like it can't be for value. But then, what are we trying to successfully bluff? Because I'm worried a ten is going to call. <laughs> Because a 10 feels like near the top of, of Dominic's range. Near and we the also top. block 10s. Yeah. So, so if we're trying point? to bluff out a 10, that's yeah. not great. Well, there's less sets, right? And that means we're trying to bluff out even better hands than a 10, which seems like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. if we knew Dominic had queens, would we bet three blinds on the river? That does not seem like a good idea. Well, I think what you do accomplish, let's assume for a second it's a bluff. Yeah. What you do accomplish by betting a smaller amount here is widening your value range. I think you could potentially have trip sixes still, even on the four straight three flush board. Oh, that's fair. I agree with you there, especially against Dom's limp, where you just don't think he yeah. has very many sevens. It's hard for him to have a seven, right? Uh, possible, I guess, like a seven suited or something that called the turn, though? What the hell? No, it's hard to have a seven. Yeah, I don't know. There's, no, there's like no seven right. he can really have. So... Okay, yeah, so trip sixes could be betting here for value. That's fair. That's fair. So if that, so that's good about the sizing. 
I guess. What about, um, you know... And that's actually something that Dominic's going to have to think about because he definitely has a 10-beat, but he certainly doesn't have trip sixes beat. So what should Dominic be thinking about here? What what types of hands should he be putting Tilston on? Well, I think, I think the first thing Dominic should be aware of, and I'm sure he is, is the fact that one of his queens is the queen of hearts, right? So he blocks yes. flush draws a little bit. So, so when we're thinking about the range of hands that Tilston might be betting here, we can remove some of the bluffs right away, right? The queen of hearts would yep. have been a very reasonable holding... Queen X, you know, Queen of Hearts X of any other suit that Tilston uh, might have bluffed with. We can remove that, um, which is not great, right? That's one of the more obvious bluffing combos. But we also block flushes with that. We do, but those are, those are less likely than the bluffs, yeah. right? The singular bluffs. Now, of course, there are other hearts he can have. He can have the Jack of Hearts. He can have the King of Hearts. I guess he could have the Ace of Hearts and be a little suspicious of our limp. Um, those are all reasonable, um, but, oh, but still, the fact that we have the Queen of Hearts knocks out some of that. So there's that. And I, and I think it's more significant that it knocks out bluffs than it does value here. Um, Maybe. Other, other things that we should be thinking about are, well, c- can he bet trip sixes for value? I think we could decide that he could, like you said. Yeah. Certainly he can have a straight here and have played it just like this. Like he can have 9-7, 10-7, even 7-X. King seven. He, he could probably have. He could probably have any seven. He has a. Yeah. He like everybody checked the flop. He could easily have a flush or trip sixes in his mind, probably. So why not bet any gut shot on the turn when when you have the opportunity? Also, how about like a seven and a heart in his hand? Even better, right? Like yeah, seven anything of heart. Seven yeah. seven of clubs, X of hearts. Totally totally reasonable hand to bet the turn with because you can't really call, but you can absolutely bet when it checks through. Um. So straights are straights and trip six is totally part of this. Flushes are possible. Um, yeah. Okay. There still are bluffs though too, right? There are straight draws that miss, which are overcard straight draws. There are singular hearts that miss, and there might be air that Tilston has too, depending on what we know about him. Well, let's assume no air for a second. Okay. For the sake of analysis, that's fair. That's fair. So ace X with the ace of hearts that doesn't have any sort of pair or seven with it. That seems to loom large as a potential bluffing hand. When when Dominic limps the button with 15 blinds, you probably don't want to just put in a ton of chips preflop with ace four off against that range, right? You're probably just going to check it and see a flop. I think mostly that's true. If we've been seeing Dominic limp a lot, maybe we feel we can do it, but we may feel like he's got too many calls and, we're, and we don't want to yeah. mess around. Yeah. Um, so sure. Yeah. So all the really bad aces with the ace of hearts are in play, which is basically right. ace five, ace five and worse, right? Although ace wheels, right? Uh, and maybe also all of the king X of hearts that don't have anything else going on with them. Right. And maybe even the, yeah, maybe even the good Kings, maybe even King queen is like, maybe he's checking that sure. sometimes and not just auto raising that. Yeah. When Dominic, yeah, so King queen, lines. King Jack, and then King five minus with the king of hearts could be potentially bluffing hands. Yep. By the way, King queen, King Jack, and even Jack queen don't necessarily have to have a heart. Um, they're over cards and a straight draw on the turn. They could just yeah. bet that anyway. Um, when it checks through on the flop, that tends a good card for them. Um, so then that's, they don't, I guess, especially if you have a Jack, you are blocking the straight. So you have a blocker there too. So King Jack and Queen Jack make sense as hands. You might bet the turn with, and then bluff the river with, especially. So it seems like the potential bluffing range and the potential value range for Tilston are both quite expansive, Yeah, which is not, not extremely helpful. So another thing you could do as Dominic is, is ask yourself what it looks like you have. Mm. And through doing that, you can ask yourself, is that a good range for Keith to be bluffing against? Like, clearly, I think all of his value is going to bet. 
right? I think he is going to bet trip six is plus. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I think the sizing he could use for all of that if he wanted to. I don't know if he's always going to be bluffing the river with his missed heart draws or missed straight draws once Dominic calls the turn. Interesting. So maybe you weigh the value a little more heavily than the bluffs because of that. Yeah, that's fair. I think you should do that. I think that's, that's great. He's not going to fire on 100% of his bluffs, but he's going to fire on 100% of trip six is better at this sizing anyway. I think that's yeah. totally reasonable. Um, now, of course, we can weigh that against the fact that it's only three blinds, and so the price is pretty tasty, right? It's, it costs 1.2 to win 4.4 if you're, if you're Dominic. So right. we, it's okay if there's, a while, if there's an imbalance between bluffs and value. Even a significant one, because of the price we're getting, is also we just don't have to be right very often. Yeah, so then the next logical step that we often take in this podcast is to ask where we fit in our distribution. Yeah. I don't know if we can possibly figure that out based <laughs> on the actions that Dominic has taken so far yeah. in the hand. I have no idea which combos to put ahead of and behind of two, two queens here. Like, yeah. I don't know how often he has trip sixes or straights himself or anything because or flushes just because like he he's played this hand in a very unconventional way i'm so wondering i don't think would, distribution's easy i'm wondering if he would play the ace king of hearts exactly like this sometimes like limp it check back the flop because of that board similarly just call the turn with the with not the nuts but the nut flush and then here yeah. comes the river like he might he might yeah even so i would think queens would be pretty high up in his distribution anyway, I would think, even if he can, I would think. So what are the worst hands? Yeah. Um, I guess he can have a nine since he checked queens. We know he can have a nine sometimes here. We know he can have a 10. He can yeah. have jacks. Um, he can certainly have uh, maybe the ace of hearts in his hand only that he called the turn yeah. with. Um I don't know. Can he, though? That's about like, it. I know he limped queens, and that's strange. Yeah. Would you really expect him to limp ace-x off with 15 blinds? That feels bad. He might, maybe he has like an ace-king or ace-queen with the ace, with the ace of hearts, though. Not, not like ace-four. I wouldn't expect. Although yeah. maybe he's even doing that, for all I know. But like maybe not. Maybe not. But I would think, he, I would think if he can have queens, he can have at least some ace-king, ace-queen here, too. Yeah. Yeah, he could have those hands, you'd think. And so then those could all be, he could have called the turn with any, com, any, any of those being a heart. Like the ace queen with the queen of hearts, he can call the turn with also, I think, pretty comfortably um, for two blinds. It's such a, like when you play a hand strangely, you put yourself in situations that are hard to figure out. And that's what has happened to Dominic here because yeah. I'm twisting my brain into us trying to figure out what metrics I'm supposed to use to determine my actions here. And I don't know what they are. Like I... I feel like we're underrepped. That like always looms large in spots like this. I feel like I we're underrepped. I don't. I mean, Tilston did a, a, an unexpected thing and bet a ten on the river. I wouldn't put that in his betting range. I think his betting range, in my mind, as Dominic, is sixes plus and bluffs. Yeah. And there are tons of sixes plus. He has every six in the deck, including the full houses. Yeah. Maybe he raises a six sometimes, but you know, against Dominic's fifteen blind limp, he might just check that. There's so many sixes. There's tons of hearts in his range. There's tons of sevens in his range. Mm. And I know he's going to bet all of them a lot of the time. Like, yep. he might check sometimes for deception, but it seems strange. Usually he's going to bet those hands. He and I might, don't think he's going to bet his bluffs that often. He might size up with some of his stronger hands, some of the time at least. So, yeah. like, the full yeah. houses, the, the, the flushes, even the straights, 
because you don't have too much to worry about if you hit your straight, right? You're gonna. He might size up just to try to get more out of Dominic, but I think you're right about all that. And if we think of Do- from Dominic's point of view, we could say, all right, Tilson's betting here, and he thinks we have one of two kinds of hands. Basically, he thinks we either have a ten, mostly like Ace yeah. Ten or King Ten suited or something like that, or like a misdraw of some sort. Like mostly, that's what he's going to think we have, right? So when yeah. he bets, if if he's betting for value. That means he's probably trying to get value out of my 10. Queens really are play the same as a 10 here, right? Like, yeah. So I can't be, you could, you could make a reasonable case that I can't beat any of his value, which I think is true because oh, sure. I think Tilson is bluffing with his bad 10. I don't think it's a value bet. Um, so so if, if we're Dominic and we've decided, okay, we think this is value, and he's trying to get value out of a 10, then maybe we should fold Queens. And we even have a heart in our hand. Maybe we should fold Queens. Now, that is exploitative in a bunch of ways, right? But still, maybe that's right. It's, I mean, in a way, there's nothing GTO about the way Dominic has played this hand so far, it seems. (laughs) Right. So, I don't know. It's, I think I lean towards a fold. I do. You have to, it's tough, though. It's close. I feel like. I feel like I, if I was actually in this spot somehow, and I wouldn't have made any of these decisions to get here, so I, I just wouldn't have. But, but let's pretend I somehow was in this spot. I would probably talk myself into a call because of the price and the underrepped value of my hand. And I'd be like, is it possible that sometimes Tilson has a really good 10 and is betting for value? You know. Also, I do beat all the bluffs very comfortably, and I've underrepped my hand, and I'm getting a good price fuck it, I call. I think that's what I, I think that would like be almost exactly my thought process all the way up to the fuck it, I call. Um, and I throw the chips in there. Also, I'd be like, it's three blinds. It ain't great, but I still have nine blinds. Like, it's kind of the same as, it's not that different than having the, the 12 blinds I have right now. It's a little different, you know? I still, I can still shove preflop and have fold equity. It's, it's okay, you know? It's not, it's not great. It's okay. Um, but winning this pot actually will have a, a little bit more of an impact on me. So I think I would talk myself into the call, but I don't know, man. Like, the board is rough. This is what happens when you play in an unconventional way. You get in spots yeah. that are hard to figure out. And it turns out that Dominic did not figure it out, at least not this time. He folds incorrectly. Tilson gets to yeah. win the hand and the tournament, and yes. Dominic goes out, goes out next. He goes out in sixth place. He wins no more money. Looking back, I, I'm pretty sure he wish he had not played this, this hand exactly this way. Yeah, I would guess so. Had he taken an aggressive action on any street, he would have won this hand. Or just yep. called the river. By the way, or just called the river. He doesn't have to be aggressive on yep. the river. You can just call. But aggressive on any of the previous streets, he would have won. And he had many opportunities to make aggressive actions. I'm not saying he even should have, but man, this is tough. The two dominant hands we've done that I'm aware of are both where he makes folds on the river that are incorrect, where people are... We still, I don't even know if we decided the guy with the set was bluffing or not. I think I didn't think he was, and I think you thought he was, but I can't remember. It's been too long. But like people make these weird plays on the river against him, and he understandably gets confused. You know, I think we did another Dominic hand that was from like some final table of like a 2017 World Series event or something like okay. that, where it was not like that. It oh, was it was. Difference. It's where he called off with Ace King on the turn where the guy flapped like trip oh, jacks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's right. Or made two pairs. The guy made two pairs with like eight. Eight nine or four eight or something like that, but yeah, that's what it was. Four eight, it. yeah, it was four eight. And he, he he called the check raise on the flop. The guy turned two pair, I think. Dominic called the the big bet on the turn and then called the shove on the river. And he 
He called pretty quickly, and we were like, is this guy ever bluffing? It's unclear. So, like, the three times we have, we have Dominic making one hero call and two non-hero calls, and all three of them are incorrect. Poor Dominic. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. He's yeah. a good player. He's very successful. I can't necessarily say that he played this hand poorly. I just don't understand what he was doing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's like, it's possible that this all makes perfect sense within his thing. It probably does. But man, it, but it does feel like we're doing a lot of fancy tap dancing here when all, all that's needed is a regular step forward, raise pre-flop, bet the flop, you know, very straightforward, obvious things that almost everyone would do almost every time, you know? Yeah. And instead he, true. he costs himself this pot and, you know, instead of winning, even if he just shoves pre, you know, he would win two and a half blinds. He ends up going down by what? He loses three blinds in this pot instead. And that matters, man. You know, instead of having 17 and a half blinds, he's going to have 12 blinds. And that really is different in terms of the amount of time he has left. And I don't know how he ended up going out in this, but like it's possible he ended up getting desperate where that extra uh, ultimately five and a half blinds would have made a difference for him. You know, he would have had more time and could have found a better spot. Yeah, true but not always. Sometimes you're just going to, you know, get cooler anyway. It's all the same. So. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the crown. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.